Girl, you got it. Girl, you got it. Girl, you got it. Girl, you got it. Wow. Girl, you got it. Girl, you got it. Girl, you got it. Girl, you got it. Wow. Girl, you got it. Happy hump day and welcome back to the Urban Girl Corporate World Podcast, your one-stop shop for winning at work. I'm your dopest hostess with the mostest, Nicole, and I'm so excited that you chose to get over the hump this week with me. I've got a special guest today. She and I have known each other. I don't even want to count the years. Um, But what I will say is she is an amazing person, um, an amazing coffee date, an amazing cybersecurity practitioner, um, and just somebody who I thought would just be really fantastic to come and add to the show. She is a director and business security officer at ADP. Libby Herman, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nicole. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. So Libby and I have um, some history together. We both used to work for the same company. Um, I have transitioned out of that company and Libby and I have kept in contact. But while I was there, Libby and I both did um, some work together in the DE&I space for women in technology, where we had over 100 women students from all over the state of Georgia come visit our campus and we had a bunch of activities. And one of the presentations Libby and I did together, it was a panel of women in tech across the organization. And then we just kind of stuck together. Libby can't get rid of me now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We hang out, we drink coffee, we do all the great things. And a fun fact, Libby and I worked in the same exact role. So when I transitioned from my last company, Libby was the amazing person that actually took over and inherited that role. And honestly, like I couldn't have picked a better person. So I'm excited to talk about that role. Um, The business information security officer is actually probably one of my favorite roles of my career. Um, So tell me, how has your experience as a BSO been? It has been... It has been the best experience, and as uh, I can, I can honestly say, it's my favorite role so far. See, see, what do you, yeah. what do you like? What do you like about it? I so coming into this role is like every role I had previous to this one was to help prepare for this specific role. Everything <laughs> yes. that I have done in my uh, thirty years of technology yes. um, has all gone towards. Uh, being a BSO. So it started with, um, you know, application tech uh, programming, mm-hmm. right? I did that for many, many years. And that's actually what brought me into ADP. I was brought in as a hosting tools programmer for ADP's private cloud that we were spinning up in the wow. early 2000s, mm-hmm. right? And so it wasn't very long when we realized that, you know, if you were going to have thousands and thousands of servers, you're going to need to track who has access to them. Mm-hmm. That was, that was my first real security wow. project. Wow. And everything since then has been building on that. Yeah. So, you know, following roles, I, I became an IT auditor. Mm-hmm. I know you were as well mm-hmm. <laughs> in the mm-hmm. same organization. Uh, and that just, that got me hooked mm-hmm. because doing Uh, doing an audit, you cover every aspect of technology security. Oh, yeah. I love that. And, you know, so it's so funny because you actually started in tech and 
And I feel the same way. Like every job I've had has prepared me for the BISO role, but I don't have the significant in-depth tech expertise like you do, right? So for me, it was, I started um, at an investment bank on Wall Street. That really helped me understand the financial impact of decisions. Then I got into big four consulting. So I learned how to develop presentations and develop executive presence and connect and communicate with different audiences, all levels across the organization. Then moving into the shoring team at ADP, right? Building, staffing, managing offices, you know, domestic and abroad and centers of excellence, right? And like distribution of work and getting 24 by seven coverage, like all of those things contributed so much until what we do today. But I think that says something, Libby, about how broad the expertise for this role is and how, you know, being a BSO, you know, especially for our leaders who staff us, like they've really got to get an understanding of the organization that they're, that they're, that the BSO will be supporting and figuring out how to match those talents with those organizational needs. And that's what I think I like about the job most is that I don't do the same thing every day. I get to learn so much and I get to work with people and help people solve problems. Do you feel that same way? I do, I I do. No two days is Mm -hmm. the same, which I love because for many years it was just, it was Groundhog Day and I was ready for something a little more exciting. And let me tell Mm -hmm. you, cybersecurity is exciting. There's a level of urgency to it that, uh, that you need to bring if you're going to be effective. Oh yeah. Um, so, and yeah. And, and the fact that, you know, you were such an awesome BSO without that hardcore tech background, and I am a BSO with it, I, I think that benefits an organization if you have different perspectives that come in so that you don't need everyone to have the same specialties. What you need is a, a diversity in the specialty so that there's always somebody you can go to if you need to go deeper in one particular area. So I, I think agree. that is a total benefit. Yeah, I think um, one of the things I'm going to be tasked with doing in my new role is actually building the BSO function. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) That is so exciting. It's super exciting. But that's one of the things that I think about as I'm building out that strategy is before I can even, you know, begin to think about who to staff, I've got to understand the lay of the land of the organization. I've got to look at each division you know, understand how they work, what their portfolio is, and how the, what the culture is, right? How do decisions get made? What type of people are successful in that space? And then you can staff accordingly. And, and, and it's actually something that my last leader did at Warner Media, right? And I actually pulled a piece of that into my own strategy, because the organization that I supported, heavy, heavy application development. So when I began to staff my team, I called the software engineer. I was like, get in here. You speak their language, right? right. You know, security. And he was the best person for the job. So talk to me about when you saw the role open up for the BSO, what was it that attracted you to the position? I think it was the fact that I could go from a role where I was always constantly asking others for help to a role where I could be of help to others. It's a Mm -hmm. very different dynamic. Um, I like it much better because I like to help people. And uh, 
people need a lot of help in this space. I mean, yeah. it is broad. It is broad. I get um, every day, I will get different requests for like policy interpretation, um, risk identification and incident management. Oh, yeah. And product security is huge. Mm -hmm. Audit compliance. There's a lot of regulatory stuff. You, you know all of this. Oh, but yeah. it, it's such a, a there's so much to it. Uh, that I just, I just wanted to be in it. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think the thing that attracted me to the role was that this was a place where I felt like not only could I learn many new things, but I could pull on so many other things that I have expertise in to offer up. And, you know, I think when people look at the BSO role, they can be a little bit intimidated because to your point, it covers, we touch every single domain. Everything. Right. As you mentioned, product security, application development, fraud, DevOps, tools, like identity and access management, awareness and training. Like we literally touch every single thing. And at first, I'm going to be honest, that intimidated me a little bit. It intimidated well, me a little bit. It's a lot. It is. But you know it's what I realized lot. quickly? I realized, Libby, that it wasn't about me knowing everything. It was about being really deep in one area and doing the work to build knowledge in other domains. But the thing that I think that helped me be most successful is active listening and forget knowing everything, but being relentless about going to find the answers that I didn't know. How, what do you think yeah. helps you be successful as a BSO? I think also oh, all of those things that you just said are super yeah. important, right? Um, I think it's also helpful and it's helped me be successful in this role is knowing where to go when you don't know something. Yeah. Right? Navigating the organization is key. Mm -hmm. And I would say that there is a lot of BSO uh, that, that is security, right? You need to know, you need to know security, maybe not to uh, a level of depth. Uh, to be an expert, but you yeah. need to know the three miles wide, three feet deep kind of deal. Mm -hmm. What's equally as important for me is the business relationship management part of it. Oh, it's the relationship yeah. management. It's helping people understand um, why this is important, why they need to like give resources, dedicate resources to this, why it's important for the company, for our clients, for each other, how everybody has a role to play in this. Oh, yeah. I mean, just because it, there's security implications does not mean that it's mine to do, right? <laughs> I can't tell you how many oh, times yeah. on a call, somebody will say, oh, well, that's security related. So Libby will mm -hmm. take care of that. Uh, no, 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 <laughs> no, Libby won't. <laughs> but, Libby will help but you figure out what Libby, you need to take care of it. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think um, relationship management is a huge part of this role. I would say relationship management is probably 75% of the BSO role. And I, to your point, I think one of the reasons why I found comfort and success in the BSO role, my first BSO role, was because I had been at the company for a number of years. I had worked in shared service functions for a number of years. As an auditor, I had combed through so many different processes and functions with the fine tooth comb, and I had built 
a lot of relationships, right? So that knowing right. who to go to, knowing who to ask, but more importantly, understanding the nuances of your businesses key. is going to be so, so key, right? Because the way small business operates, is very different than the way insurance services operates. That's right. And a national accounts client or, or exactly. an upmarket client. Absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they and completely they face- different. Yeah. And they face different challenges too. Right. And, and that's something I used to always get, Oh, you know, no, they don't understand my business. They don't understand how it works. But one of the things that I found, um, that helped was figuring out common challenges that all the businesses face and then creating opportunities for all of those businesses alongside me as a BSO um, to collaborate and put our heads together and leverage best practices. So that's right. What are some strategies that you use um, to drive success with the businesses that you support as a BSO? Or I'll start there. Strategies. Um, so I think the most important strategy is to to get them to accept the ownership of what we're trying mm. to accomplish. Accountability right? is key. As a BSO, I can I can recommend stuff till the cows come home. I can oh, tell yeah. them all the stuff that is super important that they need to do. I could give them all of these controls. I can suggest, um, you know, like software solutions. I can su- suggest process solutions. It's up to the business to choose what's right for them, right? And so only the the business knows right. best um, what is important for them. You don't want to throw a million dollars to solve a $10,000 security question, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The, the best strategy is to provide them with all of the information that they need in order to make the best decision for the business. And so that might be, um, it might be reports on how much fraud we've had in this space, or Mm -hmm. it might be how many security incidents have happened as a result of this process, Mm -hmm. or it it could, you know, it could be any number of things. Um, A lot of it is expectation from our board of directors and XCOM. They need Mm -hmm. to know what's being said at that level so that they can respond appropriately. So my best strategy is to just give them everything and let them decide. I love that. That and that's another key thing I think we should point out about the BSO role, right? While we are senior leaders in the organization, we do not have the authority to force any of the business units to do anything. That One is of the, correct. We have to lead through influence. Influence. Right. And that's where the relationships come into that's play. That's where the relationship management comes into play. Right. It's so, and I, and I love what you said, because not only are you establishing that relationship and rapport and building trust, right. That's the foundation. Trust is important. Yeah. So important. But now, and it, you're not only relying on that, you're also coming to help them make data informed decisions, right? Like, hey, here are the top five incidents in your space. Here, let's look at the root causes, right? What's the impact of this to your business? How do your customers feel about this, right? Or, you know, let's look at the amount of, and I will tell you, Libby, all of those strategies I have used, (laughs) all of them I have (laughs) used, right? But it makes, you have to make sure it's, because here's the thing about security. To your point, there's so much to do. 
there's so many different freaking domains. There's so many different challenges, whether it be internal to an organization or in the industry, but you can't boil the ocean. So you've got to be very intentional about what you find and what you want to help them prioritize. And you've got to make it make sense. You have to speak in business language. That mm. is important. They do not understand techie speak. They don't want to understand. They don't care what OWASP is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they That's just right. want to know how, what is it impacting their sales, their retention, et cetera, mm -hmm. and their associate yeah. engagement and that kind of thing. Absolutely. So one of the first things I do um, as I'm, as I began um, in the BSO role, when I talk to the leaders, I always ask them, like, what are the things that you are focused on, right? What's important to you? And I get the same thing you just said, customer retention or sentiment, financial performance. They're business leaders, right? Yep. So they're going, not running a security shop. They're, they're running, running a, a security business. shop, right? They're, <laughs> they're not focused on having the latest identity and access management strategy or tool. They probably don't even know it conceptually. Yes, you're very smart people. They know what that means. But the inner workings and idiosyncrasies of that, nope. they don't have time to bother with that, which is why they have us, right? But That's right. That's right. Explaining two-factor authentication to right. non-techie people. Right. Uh, you have to. You have to be very careful mm -hmm. that you don't throw too much right. at them. And you have to keep it balanced because you don't want to insult them, right? But you want to make sure that they understand um, the 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 importance and 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 kind of the the juice of the topic, if you will. It's one thing I think this role always does is you're, it's always a balance. Everything is balanced. Everything is calculated. You want it's the like, right level of security and the yes. right with uh, balance with the, the right level of risk. Absolutely. And, you know, I'll say this, and I don't know if this makes me, I wonder if you, you will agree with this or disagree with this, but as a B, so as a B, so I think one of the things that we learn to do is we have to serve two masters concurrently, right? Yeah. We have to drive the priorities of our CISO and we have to drive the priorities of the CEO and the business. Um, That's right. And we become kind of a liaison, a middle ground to ensure that we can connect the dots between the two and then create strategic roadmaps to, to get it all done. Um, I would agree with that. And, and a, some of my role is actually defending the business to my leadership because yes. they don't understand um, small businesses are different than mm -hmm. upscale or upmarket clients. And so you have a pizza shop owner who is trying to run payroll while he is serving customers. Right. That's a very different scenario when you're mm -hmm. talking about authentication. Exactly. Uh, than if you're talking with a, you know, a large client uh, payroll practitioner. Exactly. So a, a lot of what I, um, I make sure is that if there are mandates that come down from the security side, I make sure they make sense for my Absolute, business. Absolutely. It's important. It is. It is. And the great thing about this role is, is, is if, if you have a good, a good CISO and your, your boss is great, Rusty's awesome. Oh, absolutely. Right? They the understand that we are in place to fight them sometimes. And that's, I'm using that word loosely on behalf of the business. That's right. 
we yeah, we can't to. blindly uh, we can't blindly go in with a list of things that we need done. It, mm -hmm. That would never work. They would they would show you the door and you would never get them on the phone yeah. again. They're like, oh yeah, that's cute. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and and one thing I find with that though, um, and I don't I don't know. Maybe some BSOs would agree with this. Maybe some wouldn't. I'm interested to hear your perspective, Libby. I am not afraid to sacrifice um, accepting some risk for the sake of innovation. That again is a business decision, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And so, yes, uh, with innovation does come risk. Yes. Um, but if the risk is that it takes your client two more minutes to get on the phone with a support rep, it may not be worth that. Of course. Now, I think you definitely have to evaluate it, right? Um, the likelihood, the impact, what it means to customer experience, financial experience, um, the, the risk of your security ecosystem being breached. Agreed. Um, but sometimes I, I, I and, and this may be me as an out, you know, now I'm not an outsider. I'm, I'm an insider now to the cybersecurity industry. But, you know, coming from, you know, the business side of things, um, sometimes it can seem that security wants to lock down everything. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, we yeah, that's what we do. Any of that, right? Lock <laughs> it all down. And I'm that's like, right. hang on, wait a minute. You know, like maybe 80% yes. Let's pressure test this 20% or 10% and just think about what we could accomplish. Now, just because we accept that risk does not mean that we don't build supplemental and medi mediating controls. That is right. The, right. There's a lot of mitigation you can do with compensating controls. Absolutely. You have to know your business, though, to know what those might be. Absolutely. So, right. Again, so back to the original point, you've got exactly. to understand where, where you're playing. But I think that um, but I feel like the ultimate mandate for the BSOs or one one of the core pillars that we rest that we should rest upon is translating traditional no's into secure and thoughtful yeses. Yes, I like that. Well said. Because, mm -hmm. you know, we get seen, sometimes security, we get seen as the police, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they think we're auditors, you know, they think we're compliance people, and we're not. We're not. And it, that's one of the things that took me longest to accomplish in this role was mm -hmm. people wouldn't freak out when I yes. was meeting on the calendar because they thought they were cash, you know, air quotes in trouble mm -hmm. or something bad happened. Yes. It's like this is just a conversation. That's it. And so, and if I keep it light, and that helps a lot because yeah. now security is more and more, it's part of our MBOs, right? And so your bonus is dependent on mm -hmm. some security measures. So people are taking this extremely seriously. So yeah. when they see an invite come uh, over or a ping on WebEx from me, <laughs> their initial thought is, oh, what have I what done? What did I oh, do? No. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? Yes, yes. I remember, um, so I used to help uh, work with the, the shoring teams and I made a lot of buddies that were out in the Philippines and India. And even after I changed roles, like I would still check in with some of them and say hello. And they'd be like, what did I do wrong? And I'm like, nothing. I'm just saying hello, right? 
So, so, the, and that's a stigma that, that comes with security. But again, I think that's one of the neat parts of the be so role is we get to shift that perception, right? That's it's, right. It's like, we don't want to be, you know, writing tickets all day, but right. instead we're like, the good cops. Yeah. See us as your cop. partner, right? <laughs> we're your partner. We want to help you build the thing right so that there are less issues down the line, that there's less risk, you know, associated with, with the innovation and the products and the services that you provide. And um, yeah, I, and, and that's, that's what I like about the role is like we essentially, you know, support creating um, or driving or embedding security into the company's culture. It's, and it has to be a cultural thing because yeah. um, at, at every layer, there has to be security all the way down to the person sitting on the phone. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Yeah, I agree. Everybody has a part to play. Yeah. Okay. So we covered a lot today. So as a BSO, one of the, so some of the, now I just want to do a quick recap because all this is like super good. We lead through influence, not authority, right? That's right. Relationship management is critical. Oftentimes we're tasked with defending our businesses um, to the CISO. We have to establish trust. It's important for us to speak in the language of the business and we help a healthy, develop a healthy balance of risk and innovation. What advice would you give to people who are looking to become a BISO? Oh, that's a great question. I think it would be important to know why they would want to. Why, did, why, no, <laughs> why, why. would you want to do that? <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Some days I'm um, a glutton for punishment. I would think that the best advice is make sure that there's a few areas. So, I mean, there's like, there's like seven domains of security, right? Mm -hmm. Make sure that you're pretty well versed in a couple of them so that you have some level of comfort. You don't want to go into a job and know everything, right? Because that's boring. You never learn, you never learn Mm -hmm. anything, but nor do you want to go into a job and have to learn everything in the first six weeks. So Mm -hmm. have a comfort level with several domains insecurity um, so that you can also offer uh, some expertise to your team members because there's likely something that you know very well that others know only at a cursory level. Yeah, I would tell them to make sure that they have both soft and technical skills. I think both of those are equally important develop the muscle of persuasion and influence. (laughs) I think that's so critical. (laughs) And also run to the problem and be fungible and flexible and creative in finding new solutions to old challenges. I think those are the things that have carried me through. Open-mindedness when it comes to solutioning. I would also say a healthy sense of humor because uh-huh. it can get, it can get crazy. Yes, I mean, we're talking about um, security. There's very few incidents that could happen to a company that would be an extinction level event. Mm-hmm. Security is definitely it's one, one of, of those. Yeah. Right. I've been at the grocery store and I've gotten a call from the business, like all hands on deck right now. <laughs> and then you have to get all hands on. I yep. mean, it, yeah. Yeah. So I would say that uh, it, when everyone else is melting down, you have to be the calm one. 
Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You have to like, you have to be the one to keep everyone else, um, you know, focused. Absolutely. That's helpful as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Libby, you're fantastic. Thanks for coming on the show. This is a lot of fun, Nicole. Thank Always you so much. With Libby. Of course. And thank each of you for tuning in to another episode of the Urban Girl Corporate World Podcast. We'll see you next round. Bye. Girl, you got it. 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 Girl, you got it.